0: Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for each testimony that is given. And Lord, we're thankful that you do things your way in your time and that you take time and you take care to answer the smallest of requests in our eyes. And yet, Lord, help us to understand that there's no such thing as a small request when you stop what you're doing to solve our problems, Lord. We thank and praise you that you love us and care for us and guide us through this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Okay. Well, I, I just want to start off by saying it is a great honor and privilege to be back. And um, it's something I know a lot of you have been praying for. And um, praying, I appreciate and thank all of you for your prayers for me while I was going through school. It was a lot of work. But it was such a relief and such a blessing knowing I had people here at my home church who were praying for me and were encouraging me. And it was, it was such, such a blessing and was a big help in making it through school. And it's, but it's very good to be done with school, very good to be completely done and be back here. and looking forward to um, serving the Lord along with you. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 24 is where we're going to start. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 24. And we'll go ahead and read there in verse number two, starting through 24, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter. And Jesus is talking here. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is saying, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which it it, "...which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things." But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to stand here, Lord, and proclaim your word, Lord. I pray that it be your word that speaks tonight, and that you would speak to hearts, Lord. And that we could hear what you're saying to us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We worry about a lot of things. It's true. We're humans. We worry about a lot of things. Some people worry about losing their hair. Some people worry about the weather. Some people worry about the job they don't have. Some people worry about the job they do have. Some people worry about getting to the job they have. Some people worry literally we just worry about everything. Could not not that be said? We worry about so much. You think about it and you're like, how am I going to deal with this situation? Or how am I going to deal with this coworker? Or how am I going to deal with this family member or this situation? Or unexpected things come up and we worry about it. The worst is when we know something's coming or we think something's coming and we begin to worry about that and Devote all our thought process and all our emotions into this one thing. And then a lot of times it doesn't even come and bother us at all. It, it, it doesn't even turn out the way we expected at all because we are looking at it through the lens we see now. Many of um, you have probably read the Baptist Times, that recent, and Brother Wayne Hardy wrote a tremendous article on effective forecasting. And how we look at tomorrow through the lens of today. And so often we make decisions on that. Or we worry about something that's going to happen tomorrow because of what we see today. But we do worry a lot. That's a fact. But Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount, as he's teaching his disciples. It tells them, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. And take no thought literally means don't be anxious. Don't be taking your life, your thought process and all that, and be concerned about your life, about tomorrow. Jesus says, what, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Nor yet for your body, what, sh- what ye shall put on. We spend so much time worrying about what we need, our physical things. We need clothes, Yes. We need food. We need raiment. We need drink. We need things to survive life. That is a fact. We need those. But we oftentimes spend our lives worrying about how we're going to get those things. Okay? How am I going to get enough food? So we worry, I'm not worrying about food. I'm worrying about my job. Well, why are you worrying about your job? It's so you can have the money to buy the food you need or the clothes you need, or the clothes you want, or whatever it is. And Jesus is saying, stop. Believers are commanded not to to worry about their material needs. This does not mean that our needs are unimportant, or that our needs are not real. But what Jesus is commanding, the word take no thought, it's an imperative, it's a command is Jesus is telling His disciples, which would include us, if you are saved tonight, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, and He is teaching you and commanding you, stop worrying about how you're going to provide for yourself. We worry about, like I said, our rent, our economy, the politics. We worry about it. But if we look at the end of verse number 25, is not the life more than meat and the body, then raiment. Life isn't just about what we can get. Life isn't just about getting enough to get by. Life is not just about having more than the next person or getting what I want. That is, has nothing to do with what life is really about. Now, the advertising world, if you look at, if you look at what um, they put in front of us and what... This city, a lot of New York City is built on is you need this. You need this. I need to get this. I need to um, get other people out of my way so I can achieve this greatness. But we are not to spend our lives worrying about that and trying to get that and focusing on that. The fact that God said not to worry does not mean, does not change the fact I still need things to live. But God reminds us in the next verses and goes on in absolute beautiful language and explains to us that God is more than capable of providing our needs. And he goes to to nature. Jesus goes to nature and says, Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. And I was reading this and I'm like, Okay, so the birds they don't they don't sow not they don't have a job, they don't reap they don't get a paycheck, they don't gather into barns they don't got a savings account. Okay, the birds aren't able to do what we see to provide for themselves, but God it says the heaven God's heavenly Father feedeth them, the heavenly Father feedeth them, God takes care of the birds. Are ye not much better than they? If God can take care of birds, can He not take care of you? So why are we worried about it? Why are we worried about The birds, it's saying, they, they, not, they don't take the time and put in... Now, we put in the seed into the ground and plant it and wait for it to come up. And they'll go and harvest it and make the bread and then take the extra grain and store it so they can have it for the winter. The birds don't do that. That's what the passage is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. But the Heavenly Father cares enough about His creation that He takes care of even the birds and makes sure that they're fed. And are ye not much better than they? Now, we as humans have been given the ability to work and the ability to stow things away. What God is not... Jesus is not teaching here, carelessness. That is not what He's teaching here. But what He is teaching here is the caring of God and how God is able to provide for us. Even if we can't see how it's going to work out, even if we can say, well, I, 2 plus 2 is not equaling 4 here, or two, I have 2 plus 2, but I need a number greater than 4 to meet the rent for the next year, or to do what I need to do to serve God. Whatever the situation is in your life, you apply it to that. It says, you know, I might not have enough, but if God can take care of the birds, can He not take care of you? And Jesus is asking a rhetorical question here. And he's saying, just think about this. Consider this. Look at the birds of the air. They have enough. And Jesus gives that responsibility that the birds have enough to eat directly to God. And then he asks a question. Another question. Which of you, by taking thought, which of you, by worrying about it, by taking your time and focus and energies and being frustrated with this and trying to figure out how you can change this can add a cubit sorry I lost my can add a cubit unto his stature now a cubit is about 18 inches I remember when I was a little kid I was short believe it or not some of you here remember that I was very very short when I was a little kid and so I had people tell me, when you get older, you'll get taller. Well, the problem was, I was 12 years old in teen camp, and I was still shorter than my sister. I was the shortest kid in the whole camp. And I didn't have to worry about getting tall. It just kind of happens. It's, I it wasn't bending my mental powers and focusing. and it, I just stretched. I, I can't take any responsibility for that. There's, but... Can can you, by thought, make your stature change? No. The point Jesus is bringing out here is if you're going to worry about it, what is worry even going to do? Can your worry, can your thought process about how you can provide for yourself even going to change anything? Is it really going to do that much? Yes, you need to work. You need to do what God has told you to do. You need to be faithful. You need to do... You need to... Um, take the opportunities God has given you, but by worrying about it and spending all your time focusing and your energies trying to get something that you think you need, Jesus is saying, take no thought. Stop it. Stop worrying about that. You can't change it. And then Jesus goes on and says, and why take ye thought for Raymond? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. They don't weave, they don't make their own clothes. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The lilies simply grow where they are. You know, some of them would just be the the natural scattering of the of the seeds by the birds and that, and it's scattered through a field. And you've ever seen a field just covered in wildflowers? It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But the flowers didn't say, I want to be planted here, or I want to be crafted this way. They're just there, and they grew the way God made them. And yet, God says that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed. Like one of these. So we look at Solomon. We know the story of Solomon. We know what the Bible says about Solomon. About how rich he was. And all the gold and all the wealth he had. And how he had the best of everything. And yet God says, the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven. was used for fuel so they could start their fires. Which would be burned up by the sun. In a day. That Solomon, with all everything that man had to offer, didn't compare to the grass. What God did and how God clothed the grass. And verse number 30 says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith, God is capable of providing what we need. That has never been the question, whether God was capable or not. And we say, you know, well, I need to provide for myself. Well, the birds don't. God takes care of that. Well, worrying just helps me deal with it. What is it going to change? You can't even add a foot to your stature. You can't. Your worry's not going to do anything. Well, if I trust God about that, it's just not I, I'm afraid of what God's going to do. I'm not going to have what everybody else has. Well, Solomon didn't have what the grass had, and God took care of that. And God is, Jesus is going through and beautifully, just absolutely beautifully saying, God is able to provide for you. The Gentiles, verse number, verse number 32, he's saying, for after all these things do the Gentile, or those who serve the world. That's what they're seeking. They're seeking after raiment, what they need to live, they're seeking after it. That is their whole life's goal is the world is to get what they need to live and how much more they can get and add on top. It's, "I need to get, I need to get. I need to get." But Jesus says, "Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. If you have needs tonight, Jesus is saying, "I'm not unaware. I am very much aware of everything all that you need. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. I'm aware of everything you need and I am more than capable of providing it. But you see, life is more than raiment, or life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. What Jesus is saying is life there's more to life than just what I can get. There's more to life than what I need to survive. Instead, our question should be, instead of what what can I get? What do I need to survive? How can I use my mental um, faculties to get what I need? How can I arrange it so I can make it through another day? Rather, our question should be, what does God want me to do? Not... How can I get what I need, but rather, what does God want me to do? And the believer's focus should first be on seeking the things of God. Very simply. Jesus said, but seek ye first. In contrast, Jesus is saying, take no thought. That's a command. But seek ye first. Same command. The same force. Stop worrying about what you can't do for yourself. Seek God. Seek the things of God. This should be the first priority of the believer. And it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, the things of God, where God is, and His righteousness, which if we read chapter 6 and chapter 5, the first part, the, re- the earlier part of the Sermon on the Mount, the context coming up to this point, Jesus was going through the righteousness that you had to have to get into the kingdom. Jesus God expects a certain amount of righteousness from his children, right? Jesus has laid out rules, and the Bible teaches us you need to do this if you're going to follow God, right? There's certain levels of holiness that God expects, there's certain levels of righteousness that God expects of his children, and that is what we are to be seeking. Seeking means it's a continual action. We need to be continually devoting our lives to seeking the things of God. Rather, instead of seeking the things that we can't even get for ourselves, everything you need will be provided. Because God is capable of providing it. Let's look at the verse again. But seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness... And all these things shall be added unto you. It isn't, I seek God so I can get the provision I need. Because then, what is the focus still on? The focus is still on me and what I can get and what I need to get. Jesus is telling us, stop worrying about it. Just stop. Seek me. I am more than capable of providing everything you need. But when you seek me, everything's going to be added unto you. It's not you seek me so you can get this. It's I am capable of providing it when you seek me. It's going to be added in addition to what you get which is the true thing of knowing God better. As you seek God, the goal is not so you can get what you need. The goal is to serve God and know God and know the things of God and live for God and be able to live in such a way that is pleasing to God. Why should believers seek the things of God and not worry about how they're going to provide for themselves? That's what Jesus has just commanded His disciples, which should include us today if we are saved. Why would Jesus say that? That's what He's just said. And believers should seek the things of God instead of worrying about how we're going to provide for ourselves. Because if we go back to the verse prior to this, you cannot serve God and mammon. If you're going to be seeking the things of this world and devoting yourself to doing that, you cannot be serving God if you are dependent on yourself seeking those things. That's why Jesus said prior to this verse, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, don't take thought. Because you can't serve mammon, if you are a child of God tonight, you have Jesus as your master. He is your Lord. And you can't serve God and serve mammon. It's impossible. That's what Jesus says. He says, you cannot do it. And if you are going to serve God, that means you cannot serve mammon. But if you devote your life and your mental capacities to, how can I provide for myself? man, I really need this, and that consumes you, you're not serving God either. Rather, our life should be devoted to seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything's going to be added on top. Because when we choose to serve God, if God is our master, we must serve Him and Him alone. We can't divide ourselves, and Jesus is teaching us, if we're spending our lives worrying about how I'm going to provide for myself, what we are doing is we're serving another master. We are doing the exact same thing that the Gentiles are doing. The, gen- uh, the world is seeking after the things of this world, and seeking after, I have to get this, and I have to get that, and I have to meet my bills, and I have to do that. Jesus is teaching, God is more than sufficient to take care of all of it, What you need to do is serve God. Is the service to one is to the exclusion of the other. I am a sports fan. I love sports. Sadly, my Rangers lost. That was sad. But would not it be weird, just wrong, if you found out one of the Rangers players or their coach was in the pay of the Lightning and made sure the team lost. That would just be, that that would ah, that would that would just stink, wouldn't it? You'd just be, why is that happening? What is the thing is you can't serve two masters. A person can't be on the Rangers team and be on the Lightning team and play for both teams at the same time. What would Yankee Stadium do to somebody who showed up in a Yankees hat and a Boston Red Sox jersey? They would separate. That's all I'm going to say. You're not going to go to a Mets game and wear Mets-Phillies game and cheer for the Phillies and then cheer for the Mets. You can't cheer for both teams at the same time, can you? If the Phillies player gets a hit and the Mets player catches it, are you going to, if you cheer for the Mets, you're not. you're cheering against the Phillies. If you boo, you're cheering for the Phillies and against the Mets, right? You cannot serve two masters. And what Jesus is saying is here, If you're going to serve me, you have to seek me first, seek me continually, and seek me and stop worrying about the things of this world. I can provide for you, but how about you seek me instead? Because you can't serve the things of this world, and you can't serve me at the same time. When I was at college, uh, the past two years I worked at AutoZone. I was a... um, They would come. I was a commercial driver. I also did, um, people would come in, ask, I need this part, and I would do it. I also was in charge of sorting, doing the overstock in the back, and sorting all the car parts up and down the aisles, making sure the store looked good. Well, um, my first year I worked there, we had one manager. And then he left over the summer, and I came back for the second year, we had a new manager. Well, this new manager had a different way of doing things than my old manager. But the problem was. The second in command, the, um, yeah, the other guy, he, uh, assistant manager, there we go. He remembered how to do it the old way under the old manager. So I'm sitting here trying to have a job to do. My, the GM told me, I need you to organize the alternators and I want you to do it this way. I want this much space between the boxes. Okay, got it. I get started and the assistant manager would walk up and say, why are you doing it that way? You know you're not going to have enough room. You know, you're like, I'm saying the other guy told me to do it this way. He's like, he's wrong. I'm right. I want you to do it this way. I'm like, he told me to do it this way. And I had to go back and change. And then he said, why would you do it this way? When we begin to try to serve two masters, you're going to end up with a mess. Because Jesus says you can't do it. You can't serve two masters. If you make your aim, your goals, your objectives... Worldly, as in, I need this, and allow the world to set what you're going for, the same time you're trying to serve God, what you're going to end up with is a mess. Right? That's why Jesus is telling them, stop worrying about how you're going to provide yourself. It is within us to seek to provide for ourselves. We need to. Jesus tells us we need to provide for our families. But what we are not to do is spend our lives seeking after those things. Rather, we are to spend our lives seeking after the kingdom of God. And then Jesus ends it. Take no thought, therefore, there, therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What Jesus is simply telling us is seek. God today and let God take care of tomorrow. Seek God and allow Him to take care of the rest. Because if God is truly our Master, and if we are saved, He is our Master, we should seek and serve Him completely. We have a natural bend to seek, to seek and devote our lives. To the things, yes, that we need. Jesus, in this passage, never said, you don't need these things. In fact, he said, God knows you need these things. But what Jesus told his disciples, what Jesus is telling you and I today, is that if we seek after things and we are not serving God, is what he said. Because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And then everything else will be taken care of. Everything else is going to be added and fall into place when we serve God. God is not telling us not to do our best and work and provide for our families. God is commanding us not to let our hearts seek something other than Him. So, what are you seeking today? If the proverbial genie popped up and gave you the three wishes, what would it be? Would it be, I need health, I need food, I need good clothes, I need money. Or would you be able to say, I have God, I have everything I need. I don't need, I don't need anything. I have God. I'm serving God. I don't need the things of this world. Are you worried about how you are going to make it The next month. It's a legitimate need. Job, food, car, rent, all that. It's legitimate needs. God never said, that's not real. What God did say, seek me and I can take care of it. Seek me, let me take care of it. Jesus talks about later about how He is our Heavenly Father. and If we ask and we seek and we not, God as a Father wants to provide for us. But it is only as we serve Him alone and as we come before Him and seek Him first and seek His righteousness, seek not to be accepted by Him, but to seek To match His standard. What God expects in our lives. To live the way God wants us to live. As we make that our priority, and we make that our goal, and that is what we devote our lives to, that is when we see the God who clothes the grass with greater than Solomon war work in our lives. Are you worried about tomorrow? The future? Marriage? Retirement? Kids? Whatever you want to put in there. You know what the answer is? Seek God. Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then we can begin to see God work. But it is when we begin to worry about it ourselves, and we begin to think, then suddenly, rather than it being left up to God, it is being left up to our own thought process, which can't even add a cubit to our height, let alone change somebody else's heart. Are you devoted to seeking God first? Our daily agenda, our daily to-do list, should reflect God as our Master. We can't have two Masters. You're going to have one Master. Jesus never said, you need to make God your Master. He said, you can't serve two Masters. You're going to have a Master. How, is that? How does your life reflect which master you have? Your words? Do they reflect the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Or do they reflect mammon and the things of this world? Your pocketbook, your giving. How you use your money that God has given you. Does that reflect that you have a master in Jesus Christ and that you are seeking first the kingdom of God? Or does it show you're really serving mammon and the things of this world? It can't go both ways. Your stress level should reflect God as your master. Are you worrying about everything? Are you overcome with stress? And how am I going to deal with this situation? Or, is your, or are you have this thought process? God is my Father. God can provide everything. I seek Him first. Do what He has told me to do. He can provide. He promised me He can provide. My duty is to seek Him. Not to seek provisions. Not to seek what I need to get. Because God is my Master. I'm going to do what He says Regardless of the situation. Believers should seek the things of God. Instead of worrying about physical provision. Because you can't serve two masters. What you seek. Is what you're going to serve. If you are seeking the things of this world. You're going to end up serving the master of this world. If you seek the things of God. You will serve the things of God. So the real question is, are you seeking provisions or God in His righteousness? Or let me ask the same question this way. Are you serving God or mammon? If you are saved tonight, Jesus Christ is your master. So let's Let the master be the master. Let's serve him. Do what he has to say. God's able to provide what we need. There was never a doubt of that. There's never a doubt that our needs were real either. But God's way of providing is stop worrying about it. Stop trying to fix it. Let's seek him. Let's do what he has to say. His kingdom. His righteousness, not our, not what we say, but God's. Let's pray, dear Heavenly Father, Lord. We just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that we would take the time and that we would seek you and seek your kingdom and let you be our master, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.